Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I want to start with um, Yosef Polini, who received two life sentences for the murders of Aidan Moffat and Michael Snee yesterday. He was also handed a separate 20 year sentence for causing serious harm to Anthony Burke in Sligo. And he had pleaded guilty to the crimes last year. But at the sentencing hearing yesterday, the court heard how really distressing details of how he'd used dating apps to target gay men living alone in the Sligo area. And I was listening to it yesterday afternoon, as I'm I'm sure you were too, and it's hard not to hear that and to think of the LGBTQ community across the country, but more so in Sligo. And, and in the Northwest region. And Charlie Otting is with me on the line today because, Charlie, you're one of the founding members of Leitrim Pride. How did you feel yesterday? I think there was a level of relief, but also pain for a lot of members of the LGBTQ plus community in the Northwest. Obviously, because he'd already admitted to murders that automatically carries a life sentence here. So there was the formality of it, but at the same time, it, it sort of closed the book on it, I think, to a certain extent. I mean, it, these things never truly end. But knowing that, like, at least a level of justice has been served does help. And the fact that, obviously, it was taken seriously and what have you. So, yeah, the the comments I've had from other members of the community mm. is a level of relief, but at the same time, it shouldn't have had to get to this point for yeah. many of us but yeah so but most people are relieved to hear that the, the two life sentences plus the 20 years as well is yeah the, the seriousness was seriousness really with with which um you know what was dealt with and and, and viewed in in the courts yesterday and I, I mentioned the really serious injuries that that Anthony Burke also uh, suffered in the in the attacks last year as well the impact of all of this though Charlie, you know, since it happened last year, like what has been the impact on on you and and your friends? It's sort of almost like two sides of the same thing. Some people, it's obviously left them much more scared, understandably so. It's left them much more cautious. And then with other people, it's definitely given them that drive to push to be like, no, we need hate crime legislation. We need these things taken seriously we need proper healthcare and what have you for the LGBTQ plus community. So it, it's sort of, I hate to say, the most positive thing that's come out of this, whilst it's on the whole so awful, is that sort of community coming together in various ways, you know, people making sure that no one's walking home on their own, people um, helping stand up for other folk when they see just little comments in the street that are less than friendly. So it has, in in some ways, brought people together. Um, it's definitely, like, in the Northwest and specifically in the Sligo area, like, you saw the wider community go, oh, hang on. Like, not just the LGBTQ plus community itself, but the wider Sligo community. I mean, back when the news broke originally, the amazing number of people that turned up to the vigil here in Sligo itself was just phenomenal. Um, obviously, a, a lot of the news outlets would cover the, the, the Dublin vigil, but obviously the one actually in Sligo was amazing. Ourselves at Leach and Pride, we did one in Carrick and Shannon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they, we, a lot of them were trying not to clash, so folk could get to both. 
Um, so yeah, I managed to attend both the Sligo one and the Leitrim one. At the time, I, I was the chair at Leitrim Pride. I'm, I'm now only an OCM, so I'll say I, I said a few words at the Leitrim Pride one. But it, it's just a sense of most of the wider community stand will with the LGBTQ plus community. I say there are unfortunately always a few outliers. Um, recent events in the northwest with groups targeting uh, libraries, for example, show that there are still some outliers. These things do need getting taken seriously. Okay. Yeah. A very difficult. I've I've no doubt. (laughs) A very yeah. I've no doubt. It's 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 difficult to talk about it today, Charlie. And I I appreciate your your time with us here in the program. Um, Porrick is on the line as well, Charlie. Porrick Rice is is um policy and research manager at LGBT Ireland. Porrick, like I suppose the, the profound impact really um for 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 your your members your friends your your family since really all of this happened last year can you can you just give us you know really a sense of the extent of how people have been impacted yeah these are uh, good afternoon andrea these are horrendous crimes and, and they've had a devastating impact and i'd say i'd like to say at the after to express my sympathy with, with the family and friends of aiden Mossad and michael Sneed and and also to express our, our support and solidarity with Anthony Burke, who, who was also attacked. Yeah. Um, but these murders and attacks have significant impact on the community, um, in, in not just in Sligo, in the Northwest, but across the island. When people are attacked because of their identity, it has a profound effect on the entire community. It's important to understand that hate crimes are signal crimes. They send out a signal to an entire community that you're unsafe simply because of who you are. As a result, hate crimes hurt us all, and this is why they need to be taken seriously um, because of the serious impact that hate crimes have, not just for the victims and their families, but for that ripple effect across the entire community. Uh, and that's why in LGBT Ireland we've been calling on the government um, to, to pass the hate crime bill that, that's sitting before the Oireachtas and to proactively tackle hate with the National Action Plan because this really needs a, a robust response. And, and we know from research that that 75% of the LGBT people have been verbally abused because of being LGBT, with one in five being punched, hit or physically attacked due to their sexual orientation or gender identity. So we know we have a problem here in terms of homophobia and hate crimes. We also know from figures from the Gardaí that there were 582 hate crimes reported to the Gardaí last year, and that was a 30% increase in 2021. And that's only what was reported, Porrick? Exactly. Many more would go unreported and undiscussed. And we've seen examples of things from verbal abuse, harassment, criminal damage, all the way to, to extreme violence. You know, and, and, and we've seen people being attacked, leaving gay bars, on the bus. And we've seen in previous years, pride flags being burnt, bricks through windows, uh, homophobic graffiti. So, so there is an issue here and it really needs to be, to be tackled uh, and to be addressed. And I think we need to get to, to the root causes of it. Um, and I suppose it's worth acknowledging maybe why we've seen this rise in hate and what the causes of it are. Um, like we know there's a legacy issue around homophobia. For the first 70 years of the state, it was a crime to be gay. And I think this still has an impact in terms of attitudes, beliefs and mindset. We only decriminalised homosexuality in 1993. So many people often think that the marriage equality referendum would have mm. solved all the issues faced by the community, but like, unfortunately, this is not the case. And so recent, as, you know, so recent, recently as well, Porrick, that obviously the the same sex marriage referendum took place. Um, I'd actually like to hear maybe from people today. I'm sure there's people listening that maybe want to get in touch or share an experience with us, like how safe or unsafe. 
Um, is Ireland as an LGBT you know, community or for an LGBT person. I'd like to hear your your stories today if you want to give us a call. Have you ever experienced, Porrick, the figures that you mentioned and the, you know, the type of abuse and commentary and attacks that people have suffered? Have you yourself ever experienced that? Um, I I think we all experience to some extent the kind of, the the more minor levels of homophobia around maybe the comments or the slurs or but not at, at the extreme level. But I think I think it's a spectrum. I think it's worth recognising that it, it comes in many forms, and and it goes from from those yeah those comments that go unchallenged all the way up to the extreme violence and and the murders we've seen. And as I said, it's, it's deep rooted, and this is why we need response. But, but there's also the issue with with online hate. And I think a lot of us would have witnessed that, and and we've seen this, and we know that. 87% of young LGBT people have experienced anti-LGBT hate harassment online last year. And that's a huge problem. And that has a kind of spillover effect into real life where, where that, that online hate is then seeping into society. And this is why we need to see it addressed. And there's also the issues mentioned around the organised campaigns to roll back on LGBT rights by people with extreme political views. Okay. Like LGBT is being targeted uh, and others and this is why we want to see the hate crime legislation and and the National Action Plan as well. What about you, Charlie? Have you ever experienced, um, you know, that sort of abuse or or physical even assaults like like Porrick mentioned? I mean, I'm going to say I'm lucky enough I've never had physical assault because of it but at the same time the verbal comments... I'm of an age where I've unfortunately had to grow a thick skin about it, um, as well as being an active member of various LGBTQ groups down the years. I run my own business in Sligo that is LGBTQ+, Telecraft. So we have folk who will make a point of crossing the road away from our business. We have people who throw flyers through the door when it's popped open on a nice day. They'll just like throw flyers through our door, telling us how awful we are. Um, <laughs> You know, th- these are just things that at this point, like, I kind of half don't notice them. That's how regular the right. little things are. But in um, 2023, that's how common and, and frequent they are that you nearly don't pay any heed, Charlie. Yeah, as I say, it's, it's not like daily, but it, it's often enough that I, I just ignore it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, as I said, it is absolutely a minority of the wider community that would go out their way to make nasty yeah. comments or, as I say, throw leaflets to our business's door. But it, it's absolutely still there, but it's, it's not okay. gone away. <laughs> um, R- Richard is on the line as well, Charlie and, 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 uh, and Porrick. It's 1800 453 106 is the number. Richard, as a gay man, have you ever experienced anything like this? Uh, yeah, great, great question. I think not on uh, the level that we're discussing, but certainly I think I've probably become desensitized to maybe more microaggressions. So smaller day-to-day things that could look quite innocent, but what's the real meaning behind them? Um, you know, really, I think what, a lot of what Paul Grice said really hits the nail on the head when it comes to this issue in particular. I think... Um, Overall, in a post-COVID world, is like we're we're seeing and I'm seeing a real amplification of hate crimes, a real amplification, and the pendulum is shifting. You know, you guys were discussing the marriage equality referendum in 2015, uh, and it's like in a post-COVID world where there's a lot more uncertainty uh, that we're seeing. There's wars. You know, just you look out at the news, and, um, and it's really scary what's happening. There's an amplification of hate crimes. So to co- go to Park Rice. Rice's comment, like what, getting to the reasons, like what's really causing this, and it even extends beyond the LGBT plus population. Again, Porg alluded to last year there was a thirty percent increase in hate crimes. 
somewhere close to 600. That was up from about 400 the year before. Like the top three groups um, that reported and accounted for those reported incidences were at the top was race, followed by sexual orientation, followed by nationality. So it's uh, it's a big it's a big issue, and it extends to many uh, what you might say ethnic minority, sexual orientation, disenfranchised groups. So it's a big big issue, and it's, it seems to be getting bigger, uh, and the appetite seems to be getting bigger, and the pendulum has certainly swung around. So, like I think hate crime legislation and and getting that ball moving further is really really crucial mm-hmm. because if we look at what's happening internationally. Uh, and the pendulum swinging in many countries, you, we can see how that's beginning to play okay. out here, whether that's a, a small minority in the libraries or what we're now seeing with the hate crime uh, reporting. Can, can, I, can I ask you, Richard, Justin, uh, you know, on a, on a personal level, um, when you heard, you know, what happened and, and the news started to, to, to filter out last year about what happened to, to Aidan Moffat and, and Michael Snee and, and Anthony Burke, what what's like what goes what was going through your head when you heard about that? Really, your... I, I think ov- like overall uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Um, and I think you know, just personally speaking, for me, the passing of the marriage equality referendum was quite big in many ways. Uh, it was a moment where really maybe I I became I got to face my own maybe internalized homophobia. I was very comfortable with public displays of affection. Um, and like being a gay man meant something different to me. Um, I felt free to hold someone's hand walking down the street. And then all of a sudden, you know, last year, 2021, 2022, seeing more frequently in the news incidences uh, of crime because of sexual orientation. For me, it's uncomfortable. And there's a, a general air of discomfort when these incidents happen. In court, there's many groups, you know, many social clubs, and we all talk about it. And it just there's a almost like there's a there's a temporary change in the air. People become a little bit more cautious. You feel the need maybe just to look out for your friends a little bit, or maybe even walking down the street, maybe looking twice if you're want to hold someone's hand, if you're going to give your you know your partner a hug, like those things beginning to kind of slowly creep back in, where most people don't have to think about that. Um, but certainly for us, given the history, um, it, it's it, you just you, you're really on alert a little bit more yeah. than maybe you would have been, you know, years prior. I can imagine as well, Charlie. Like that has to be frightening in 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 this day and age. You know, in in two thousand and twenty three, to feel like as Richards described, looking over your shoulder. Yeah, there the, the definitely is an element of that. I know, obviously. I remember when the news dropped of the crimes before it dropped publicly within the LGBTQ plus community, at least in this area, there were messages going out within the community like, be careful if you're meeting up with anyone online, make sure you send a face picture to a friend, make sure somebody knows where you're going, when like just the rumours of what had happened were going around. And straight away, everyone went back into, uh, uh, yeah, as you say, like following the marriage equality referendum, a lot of us became a lot more comfortable being out 100% of the time and not looking over our shoulders much. And then that news dropped and I was like, make sure somebody's walking you back after a night out. Make sure you're not alone. And yeah, it's not great. It's really not. Mm. Um, Nobody should have to feel like that 
is a default setting and is something they just have to accept in their day-to-day life. And it, we shouldn't. The, the hate crime legislation should be there to help protect us, not just the LGBTQ plus community, but any minority and the wider community. Because even if you're not part of a minority yourself, I would hope that the majority of people in Ireland don't want to think that there's any person that's ha- being targeted for something they have no control over. Well, their sexuality. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 pretty it's you know it's pretty incredible in, in two thousand and twenty three. Um, if people want to share their experience with us today, you can give me a call, drop me an email if you like. Either it's lunchtime live at newstalk dot com. Charlie Utting, Porrick Rice, Richard as well. Thank you for for getting in touch with us. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on News Talk.